welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're talking to Jack Hayball, who is a freelance consultant in the future of work sector. He talks about his experience in the MBA and transitioning from hospitality to the world of consulting. He also offers some great tips on how to network and make connections. My name's Jack. I'm from London. Um, I did my MBA at Warwick Business School. And I also did an exchange program at the University of Texas. Um, I'm now working as a freelance consultant and I work with two startups in the future of workspace. All right, excellent. So you were working in the hospitality industry before. Um, can you just kind of tell us a bit more about that and, and what you were doing? Yeah, sure. So before the MBA, I worked as a sales and marketing manager at a company called Glendola Leisure. Um, mm. Previously to that, I worked at a company called Mitchells and Butlers. Um, they own like 2,000 pubs, restaurants and hotels in the UK. So I was a deputy manager there. Um, I also worked as a district trainer, so I ran a management training program across um, 12 or 13 venues and um, yeah, worked in quite a few different kind of pubs, restaurants, hotels, venues uh, across London. How did you end up doing that in the first place? Did you kind of go straight into that from, um, from university or? Yeah, I, I went straight into it from university and I think I was... I think I was kind of considering that I might do postgraduate study at some point and maybe do a master's or something like that. Um, mm. and then I ended up kind of really enjoying it. And I ended up doing the hospitality thing for more like sort of three to four years. I just got to the threshold where I think you can start to apply to do MBAs because there's generally a kind of minimum requirement on years of experience and or management experience. So when I sort of started to realise that I was getting towards that point is when I sort of started to realise that maybe rather than um, going back and doing a master's, I could, I could actually kind of keep going a little bit longer and then go for the MBA. No, absolutely. That, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So what was it that, what was it that kind of made you decide to, um, to, to do an MBA? I was reading a lot at the time about, data and analytics and companies like Google and Netflix and how they were using people analytics. And we started doing some very, very basic people analytics. And I just kind of got interested in, you know, different types of uh, management and business models that were coming out. And I felt like I mm. wanted to learn more things and, you know, go and experience different industries and meet new people. And I felt like I kind of, done what I wanted to do in hospitality for you know for some years like kind of I enjoyed that but I felt like I wanted to kind of stretch myself a bit and go and try new things and do new things you know just kind of broaden my my horizons a little bit and I kind of there were certain aspects of my job maybe that I found really interesting but I would have limited exposure to and I, I wanted to kind of go and explore some of those more um, I felt like the MBA just seemed like quite a good kind of entry point and avenue to kind of try out different things and just try different projects and meet new people and just, you know, 
just kind of explore. So what about um, your, your actual kind of experience of like the MBA course? Um, how did you how did you find it? And were there any elements you found either particularly challenging or particularly useful or enjoyable? So I really, really enjoyed it. It was overwhelmingly positive, met loads of cool people, did lots of nice, enjoyable stuff, learned a lot. Um, it was also just a kind of time of reinvention. I mean, I, I joined the gym and I started going to the gym all the time. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed being in Warwick. Um, I think the challenging thing, it maybe initially, is sort of, you know, meeting people that have worked for 10 years in finance and who are senior managers in consulting firms and, you know, just kind of becoming comfortable with discussing your own experiences and your own ideas and, and just kind of getting used to uh, new groups of people. Mm, yeah. um, and I think, you know, I think the first month is quite intense with lots of workshops and networking and reading. And, you know, I think that first month I found quite intense, but once I got used to it, um, it was all just plain sailing from there, really. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about kind of um, like mixing and relating with different groups of people, actually, because I know that that was something that I found quite, it was one of the most enjoyable parts of the MBA, but also mm. I did kind of think initially, all oh, these people have worked in like finance and consulting and they must know so much more about all of this than me. Um, yeah, almost like a bit of imposter syndrome. Yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting as well, I think when you get a few months in, you start chatting to people, you realise that everybody felt like that. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody <laughs> had those initial reservations and, you know, self-reflection. I, I think Leadership Plus was a, a module where that was very demanding in terms of self-reflection and being, you know, self-critical and learning about yourself. And, and that was quite tough. And that was one of the early modules. But I think we all kind of came through that one together and then mm. it kind of formed a lot of bonds. And, uh, you know, halfway through the course, you don't even remember what people did before they were on the course because it, yeah. it, it's not a boundary. Yeah, absolutely. And I found that even age or experience as well, I mean, forget even profession, all those things sort of blurred. you um about your um about your exchange program as well jack um because i know you mentioned that's something that you got involved with so um just tell us a bit about how that worked and, and what the experience was like as well so you had to apply for it fairly early on in the year um mm. and i decided to apply and almost i kind of thought you know there's no harm in applying like i'll have the option open um mm. and then for me what it was about was I, I really enjoyed one or two of the consulting projects i worked on and I started to get a clearer idea of what, what I wanted to do. And mm. then going to Texas just really helped me in terms of, I did another couple of projects that were based around the future of work. And I, I did like three or four modules there that were all kind of geared around the future of work. But I tried to pick and select things that linked up to what I wanted to work in. So for mm. me, it was kind of, it was a cool opportunity to go live in another country and, and all that side of stuff as well and travel around America a bit. But for me, it was mostly that it took me a little, a little while to work out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and I, I felt like I just wanted to pursue it a little bit further, learn a little bit more 
do a couple more projects before I kind of entered the job market. Yeah, it's great that it, because yeah, I think what, and we've said this before, like one of the things about the one year MBA programs is that if you do come into them, um, as a lot of us did, kind of not knowing exactly what you wanted to do afterwards, you mm. don't have the luxury of like a whole lot of time to figure that out and kind of tailor your MBA around it. Um, but doing the exchange gives you that opportunity, just those extra like three or four months to go and take courses that are, are really, you know, like focused on on what you've discovered you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think some people might have had a really clear idea of exactly what they wanted to do after the MBA, or they might have been returning to the same industry, but looking for maybe one job level up or something like that. Um, whereas some of us were kind of making, you know, quite bold leaps or, you know, trying to changing industry or function quite a lot. So I think in that case, you can definitely benefit from extending the course a little bit if, if you have, you know, obviously time and resource to do so. And just um, having a bit more time to really focus in on something. Mm. How did you go about deciding on what to do post MBA? What was the process and, and how did you sort of pinpoint it? Yeah, it's a good one. So. I suppose one thing to mention is that the MBA is very broad and all-encompassing. So you do a bit of finance, you have operations, a bit of marketing. So it is quite a good opportunity to work out, you know, what you're good at and what you're interested in. Um, for me, the most useful thing were the consulting projects. So um, they gave me practical experience and a much more, you know, real insight into into projects and different industries and. For me, I kind of, I, I really, really fancy doing this project at Simply Get Results, uh, who are a people analytics company. I've been reading into it. We touched upon it in organizational behavior. We touched upon it in digital innovation. And for me, it just seemed like really, really interesting, really cool. It's reading loads about it. And then when I managed to get onto that project with Simply Get Results, I just, I just loved it. I, I loved what they were doing. I liked the people. I liked everything about it. And then I decided to do my dissertation about people analytics and the future of work. So for me, it was just kind of following my interests. I didn't really come to the MBA with a plan. I didn't really work out exactly what job it was going to lead to. I just kind of got interested in something and just tried to run with it. Mm. Kind of let it happen organically. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, so I think... I think I think I actually looked back on one of my application forms to the MBA somehow it cropped up in my you know my files recently and back at that time I said that I was interested in working in uh, strategy and consulting and that's a pretty close match of, of what I do now but I think along the way that I explored about five or six other options that <laughs> changed my mind about 50 times um, but you know eventually kind of zeroed in on what I was interested in, what I was good at. And it's kind of interesting that like, it did kind of come back to what I'd initially been planning for, but it was just a bit of a journey of trying out different things. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the MBA, that you do have that year to experiment and see where it goes. And I think as long as, as like you've done, kept an open mind and really just listen to your, kind of, I suppose your gut instinct and what you really enjoy, then then you will sort of find your way eventually. Mm. Mm. 
So then how did you position your hospitality experience for employers? How did you tell your story? Yeah, so I actually got to a point where I didn't really bother doing that. Um, I found the whole process of writing CVs and tailoring cover letters and trying to repackage my experience into different formats really tiring and time-wasting. Um, if I could give people any advice, it would be to kind of limit how much time you spend doing that. I actually made a lot more progress by just starting to connect with people, um, getting to know people who worked in the industry I wanted to work in. I started writing articles on LinkedIn, like just doing research. Um, started trying to produce stuff that I could show to people to show them what I can do. For me, I kind of, I did spend a bit of that time, you know, trying to sort of package up my experience and sort of explain how I have transferable skills and how, you know, I've got project management skills and they relate to consulting. But after a while, I just kind of stopped bothering doing that. And I just started messaging people on LinkedIn and talking to them about the future of work and sharing articles. And I, that, that was much more successful for me. And just to kind of continue on from that point, because some people might be, might feel shy to do that. How would you recommend that approach? And what, what would you say just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm Jack, and or how, how would you go about that? So I'm one of those people as well. I'm slightly introverted and shy at times. And I, when we joined the MBA and they told us you need to do all this networking and get to know people on LinkedIn and stuff, I, I wasn't overly keen. So what helped me was to start producing material and producing content. So I actually have something to talk to people about. So I don't like to message someone and just say like, kind of, you know, hi, I'm looking for a job. Can you give me any advice? For me, it feels a bit awkward and a bit like I'm not really giving them anything. I'm just asking for yeah. help. Whereas I felt like if I can just start, you know, sharing some of the research, the reading I'm doing and sh showing yeah. an interest and, Share, like actually giving them something they might actually want to read then maybe they will be interested in talking to me uh, I, that that worked it did take a bit of time because obviously I had to start producing a bit of a portfolio yeah um, but you know I found that was much I found that was much much more useful and beneficial than kind of all the effort and time I put into cover letters and applications and you know tweaking um, tweaking my profiles and all that kind of thing yeah. Yeah. Although I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just jump in there for one, for one second, because I did notice your LinkedIn profile. And I personally, I really liked how you've tweaked it. You've made it very consistent. Um, and, and you kind of, for me, at least looking at it, I feel like you have told a story, at least with your LinkedIn. So people, if I looked at it, I would say, oh, Jack's a consultant or Jack has consultancy experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think the LinkedIn is probably the one sort of platform I've put, I've put a bit of effort into. Um, <laughs> I think I think the thing with LinkedIn is is that you're, you're connecting with people and they might kind of browse through what you do and you share things yeah. and you like things. And I guess I'm quite active in, in producing content. But I mean, I think I think if I had any advice for people who are trying to enter a new industry or anything like that, it mm. would be you, you could waste a week you know doing an application to a company and getting your cover letter absolutely perfect and they literally yeah. won't even look at it like a, an ai mm. you know p 
piece of technology will just not pick your CV for the next round. So do all of that stuff, do your applications, but I would say probably reallocate 50% of that time that you were going to spend, you know, tweaking your cover letter and stuff and just connect with people and just start Mm. producing content and talking to people. Mm. and how did you go about producing the content? I'm assuming it was just because you enjoyed the future of work, future of work so much, you just started researching it and then it sort of just built itself? Or was there another way? Well, um, I'd, so I'd already done a few articles throughout the year. I kind of tried to turn some of my reports into articles, um, LinkedIn articles. Um, because, you know, we write all of these 3,000 word reports and we do all of this analysis and then it's, it's actually just perfect material to, to try to repackage into an article. So I, yeah. I started with that and then I just did that with my dissertation as well. I think at one point I, you know, spun out a couple of articles from that. And then from there, I just, I got a bit more confidence with it and I started just actually buying books and, you know, watching videos and just researching topics and just writing out, you know, hmm. I guess my response to things, my analysis of things. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's a really good idea, actually, going back to the point about your reports. Because we, as you said, we do have to write these 3,000 word reports. And, and you do, you learn a lot from it, but actually you can make it work for you other than just for the grade, <laughs> for passing the class. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you've got, you've got 12 kind of, or however many we did, you know, about 12 yeah. reports there. And if you yeah. picked up a few of your favorite ones that are sort of relevant to, you know, the types of jobs you want to do and turned them into articles and then, you know, started sharing them with some people, you know, put them at the top of your LinkedIn profile. You know, I guess it's, it's not really repackaging your old experience, but it's just showing your new experience. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good idea. How did you find, I wouldn't say employers, but people that you connect with on LinkedIn, how did they react to you? Yeah. So, so what I found was yeah, like a kind of initially when I started trying to connect with people on LinkedIn, um, I didn't have so much content or things to talk about or so much confidence on the topics. So I would say the response rate was a bit lower. Um, it's got much, much better over time. Um, so I think in terms of reactions, um, I'd say it's something you've got to build up, you know, you've got to, build up yeah. your confidence, build up your, your, the way you like to speak to people, build up your kind of bank of material. Um, I think a few things that were useful as well is I kind of realized that there were a couple of gaps on my CV I needed to fill. So a good example would be project management. So I felt that I had, you know, three to four years of very good management experience, but I didn't have a project management qualification. So I decided to do Prince 2. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fairly expensive course to do. It wasn't included in the MBA, but, um, I decided to do it anyway. And I found that, for example, if I wanted to talk to a recruiter or, or an employer about project management, if I could say that I'd done Prince 2 and that I'd practiced agile on one of my consulting projects, then that would give them something to write down in their, in their box. Having managed a team and managed a venue for three and three or four years you learn far more about project management than you do by 16 sitting in a classroom for two days yes. but mm. as a recruiter 
it's much easier to kind of give someone a tick if they've got Prince 2. Um, so I'd say, you know, don't undervalue your experience, but work out if there are any little gaps that you could easily fill by doing a few different qualifications and, and things like that. Yeah. I suppose, like like everyone, there are challenges you face along the way. Are there any specific challenges aside from filling in the gap of, say, project management? Were there any other challenges that you faced? I think the main challenge for me was just having the confidence to keep going with what I wanted to do because I, I knew and I had worked out that I wanted to work in future of work and do consulting. And yeah. it was just to keep going with it because... Mm. I, I guess occasionally I would make a speculative application for something else. Um, mm. And for example, I mean, I got to a point where in January where I got a job offer from uh, a big wealth management company to be a kind of business development manager. Now that, that's yeah. not, that's completely different from what, I've, what I have been studying towards, what I ended up doing, but it, it was a bit of a speculative application. And at the time, it, you know, there was a part of me that thought, well, should I do that for a year or two and, you know, save some money and then look at moving into other things? And, you know, maybe this is a good offer. Um, but for me, it was just kind of about sticking to what I wanted to do. So for me, that was the hardest thing was just kind of actually not just taking the first thing that came up takes a little bit of confidence especially when you know when you've taken a long time out to study and yeah. you know you're planning on going straight back into work and then it you know as all things in life they usually take a little bit longer than we plan um so i'd say that that the hardest thing for me was just kind of sticking with it and you know not kind of jumping into something different are there any tips for anyone in a similar position to you that have also come from hospitality any advice for people coming from hospitality? I would just say that work out what you want to do. Mm. Try and fill in any kind of gaps you feel you have on your CV. Try and do projects and get, get involved with projects on the MBA, very much so. Uh, voluntary projects and internships and get really involved into the thing you want to do. And... I'd also say if it's possible, if it's, if your job is anything to do with sort of consulting or, or, or anything like that, then, then try and start producing some, some kind of portfolio of work that people can look at and see what you can do. So you're not yeah. in a position where you're trying to sort of convince someone that, Oh, I did this job and it's transferable mm. and the skills are relevant because they, once you get through to a senior leader, they might actually, they might accept that but it's quite hard to get past the recruitment stage with that because you might not do mm. quite well. so i'd say just start trying to produce a bit of a portfolio and just try and link in with people even if you feel shy and, and you you don't like using linkedin or doing networking just just give it a go and you do get used to it it's taken me a course of a year or two to really sort of get completely comfortable with you know doing doing networking um and there's always more to learn but it does get easier i guess those would be my my sort of tips and also just reach out to people you know if you've got hospitality backgrounds you're looking to move into something else reach out to me and kristen and other people who might be able to give you a, a nudge in the right direction
So what really struck me about the conversation with, with Jack was his tip on the content and using our reports to create content. I mean, it's, it's, it's so, in some sense it's obvious, like why didn't I think of that? But at the same time, it's genius. It's such a good idea because we do all that work. Um, and just to, not just to use it to, to pass your class. I mean, obviously you need to, you need to pass your class uh, to get the MBA, but to make it work for you past just submitting for the assignment and, and past just, you know, learning in that moment to make it work for you in your job hunt is, is so clever. Mm. Yeah, it's a really good idea. Like it never occurred to me either. Um, and it's a really good idea, especially on the MBA where, like I know there were people who said oh you know it's really good if you can write articles about industries you're looking at and stuff but you know realistically there is only so much time that you have so if you can repurpose what you're already doing um I think that's a really smart idea I also thought um it was interesting how Jack mentioned doing some sort of speculative applications and those kind of um some of them going places and, and some not and yeah I know again um I think I've talked about on the podcast before kind of not really knowing exactly what I wanted to do coming into the MBA and I also found that it was really easy to get sucked into that like especially coming towards the end of the course so around like June July time when all of a sudden your classmates have started applying for things and some people are getting jobs it's really easy to just kind of start putting applications out there without maybe putting enough thought into which ones to prioritize especially when other people are getting jobs you're thinking what am I doing wrong and, and you start to <laughs> panic you think maybe I'm looking at the wrong industry let me try this it's so important to stay on course because it's mm. so easy to get to go off looking at what other people are doing. Oh, they're finding work in the tech sector. You know, maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. Maybe I should look at that. I think it just consumes so much energy as well. If you're constantly yeah. kind of, you know, you're applying for things in lots of different areas and fields, that is mm. essentially like not only are you obviously write a cover letter tailored to the position you're applying for, but you're going to be starting from absolute scratch every single time. And also, I think if you don't get through, it can knock you down if it happens too many times or a lot. Yeah, that's really true as well, actually. Like, I um, I did a few events applications um, towards the end of the year, and um, it was really silly because I interviewed for a couple of events jobs, and then I sort of thought, actually, what am I doing? Like, this I don't you know this isn't right this isn't this is why I come into the MBA to kind of to switch to move away from but then also I applied for a couple of events jobs that I didn't get interviewed for and yeah it was really because that was always kind of you know the the ultimate plan b I guess or plan f or g was kind of to <laughs> to think oh I can always go back to that and then to not get interviews it was like oh oh no this is really bad yeah. Absolutely. That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. You can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, Facebook and LinkedIn under The Modern MBA, and on Twitter at MBA Modern. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.